Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It is Monday, August 22nd. You're listening to the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Lance Glenn. We have finally made it to game week. That's right. We can put the offseason behind us and we can now focus on actual games. Before we start, I just want to remind everyone to like this video and subscribe to the 24-7 Sports YouTube channel and make sure to give the College Football Daily a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. So week zero is upon us and today's show is our season kickoff episode. Nobody better to join me to take a look at the upcoming slate of games and make some predictions for the season overall than the former host of this great podcast. Yes, I convinced him to put his podcast hat on once again, and that is Trey Scott. Trey, we're actually in game week, all the offseason hoopla we can now put behind us. Thanks so much for coming on. And, and how happy are you that we can now finally just focus on actual college football? Yeah, very happy, Lance. Listen to a few too many podcasts last few weeks, not yours, but just, you know, I'm tired of talking about TV rights, realignment, NIL, transfer portal. It's game week. It's finally game weekend. I, I was laughing when, when you asked me on. I was like, yeah, sure. I need to redeem myself because last year during our week zero preview, I think I had you on. Yep. And I said, I let it slip that I would be missing the afternoon slate of week zero to go watch the Tennessee Titans preseason game. And I think someone la- left us a one-star yeah, so. rating so. and a bad review. So if you did that, just just know that I'm back here. I'm not watching any preseason at all this fall. And uh, please turn the one into a five. No no preseason games for Trey. Luckily, thankfully, we should say. Uh, he's focused on Saturday's games, as are we. But before we do that, we do want to talk about some big news that came out this past week. And in Trey, it involves your alma mater. And that, of course, is Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian naming Quinn Ewers the starting quarterback. Now, You'd think at the beginning of the offseason, as soon as you were transferred to Texas, that it wouldn't be that big a news when he was named starting quarterback. But the last couple of days, maybe weeks, you've heard a lot about Hudson Card and the progress that he's been making and how maybe he is starting to gain an edge over yours for that starting quarterback spot. Yet Sarkeesian, seemingly out of nowhere, uh, decides mm-hmm. to name yours the starter And it definitely rang some bells, at least for me. It did someone not involved necessarily with Texas. But I'd love to get your thoughts as, again, someone who is a fan of the program and someone who uh, knows a lot about the university as well. Yeah, I won't won't give you... All I could say, because that would be an entire podcast. So if you want more, go check out the flagship on the Horns 24-7 feed. A few things to think about. And when this first half, I, I, the, the most, the, the weirdest thing about all of this was that this was not announced at a press conference to announce the starting quarterback. This was a run-of-the-mill media availability on a Friday. And the SID Sports Information Director, John Bianco, right as the reporters were leaving, comes out, reads off, hey, an email. Hey, guys, hey guys I was going to email this to you. This is straight from Steve Sarkeesian. He just wants you to know he's announced. I'm, you know, pantomiming the pantomiming the phone. He wants you to know he's announced Quinn Ewers as the starting quarterback. 
And everyone was like, it was this a, is this a joke? What in the world? So everyone, you know, that's a weird way to announce one of the hot, most highly contested battles of, of, of the entire country's fall camp session. So everyone's like, was Sark's hand forced? Did the boosters who paid so much for Quinn Ewers decide that they get, you know, wanted to pull the strings here? I think my brain first went to that because to your point, yeah, Hudson Card had had a lot of momentum the last week. Maybe, you know, the, he played better in the first scrimmage, uh, according to reports. A few players on the team thought he might be the best option. I think the thing to remember, though, is that Quinn Ewers, when he arrived at Texas, was the guy. All summer, when you ask anybody in the program who's going to be the starting quarterback, they would say Quinn Ewers. When Texas started fall camp, who's going to be the starting quarterback? The answer was Quinn Ewers. And I don't know if the Hudson card talk was a was a smokescreen. I don't know if 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 Texas like leaked out that it could be Hudson card via its network of p- people who covered the team to see what the fans would say. And the fan reaction was pretty pretty uh, antsy about Hudson card because they saw this last year when he was the starter in week one. And then week two gets benched in a bad loss to Arkansas. And don't forget, Texas plays another SEC team this year in week two, and that would be Alabama. I, I think, though, that, that Stark probably made the right call because if you don't do this, then what happens next fall with another quarterback battle? Does Quinn Ewers transfer? How does Arch Manning factor in this? I think eventually, uh, at some point, Stark has to prove that he can develop a hand-picked quarterback in Austin, Texas. And I was trying to figure out the best way to say this, Lance. I don't want to reveal any sources. But the word on the street is during Saturday's spring scrimmage, Quinn Ewers did some things, had made some throws, had some moments that justified him being QB one. And uh, I, someone someone mentioned the the Patrick Mahomes to me as far as arm angle and things that he was doing with the football. So does Texas struggle this year with a with a really young quarterback? Maybe, but it will probably be more fun than watching Hudson Card. Yeah, look, we know Quinn could make all the throws. Uh, we know he has those multiple arm angles, and you bring up a guy like Mahomes. But you did mention a couple things. You mentioned uh, the fan reaction to just the news that. Hudson card very well might be in the running. And you said antsy at best. And obviously all the things they had to do to get Quinn Ewers to come to Texas, obviously you'd like your... It costs a lot of money. Yeah, you'd like your branded quarterback of the future to not only be the quarterback of the future for the next two years, but to be the quarterback of the present. You know, you have Louisiana Monroe one, you mentioned obviously Alabama in week two, and that's a game that everyone currently has circled on their calendars, but quite the news coming out uh, coming out of Austin this past weekend uh, as Quinn Ewers by Steve Sarkeesian was named the starting quarterback for the University of Texas. So Trey, now let's move on to week zero, because obviously that's the slate of games upcoming this Saturday. And the biggest one, really the only, in my opinion, the only big one this weekend, and that's Nebraska Northwest at 1230 Eastern on Saturday in Dublin, Ireland, going all the way out Mm -hmm. to Ireland for the Huskers and the Wildcats. We talked before week zero last year. I listened back to it. And we both said that if Nebraska last year didn't win handily against Illinois, it could be the beginning of the end for Scott Frost. And they didn't win handily. They, in fact, lost. Yet, here he is in week zero, one year later, still coaching the Huskers. And I think we can both agree that there's tons of pressure on him going into this game. What do you think Nebraska has to do this Saturday in order to take some of that pressure off and, and kind of go into the rest of the season with a little bit of hope and a little bit of, a little bit of positivity? Win. <laughs> Let's not Is it as simple as just you... winning? Because we, we said that last yeah, year. They had to, we Lance, said they had to win handily last year. We said even if like a seven point, I think they were seven, seven and a half point favorites last year going to Illinois. And we both said that they needed to win handily. That even a win last year, if it was only by a 
field goal or a touchdown wouldn't be enough. But this year, we're just at the point of they just need to win. I think. Well, maybe last year we were wrong. You know, we we thought well, Illinois clearly, really clearly we're wrong. We thought Illinois, Illinois would be really bad, and and they use Week Zero as a statement to say they wouldn't be bad, and they even beat Penn State later in the year. Yeah, if you're a Nebraska fan, the the point spread is like twelve and a half. Sure, covering would be great, but this is Week Zero. We're across the pond. This is this could be a weird game. I don't know how the body clock's going to be. You're breaking in a new quarterback, Casey Thompson, who I've, I have high hopes for. If you're in Nebraska, you're just trying to win, Lance. You're three and nine last year, best three and nine team ever. Awesome. But no, <laughs> you're trying to win. You're trying to stack some momentum for Scott Frost. I, I think the hopes are, are you know, bowl game or uh, bowl game and I bust. think they have to be bowl game. Yeah. yeah. They, at least so, so, right. Wins. So, if that's your hope, hey, you just got to win. That's it, Lance. Just win. Just win. You know what they say? Just win, baby. Yeah. Look, Scott just Frost, win. they they need to come out on the right side of this one. And, you know, you'd hope if you were a Nebraska fan, you know, we thought that Illinois was going to be in a rebuilding year last year and they sort of were, but they were better than a lot of, uh, of people expected. You hope um, it's not the same for Northwestern heading into this year. You'd think if Northwestern was in a rebuilding year, you'd hope that they are actually in a rebuilding year and that they don't become a surprise team team in the Big Ten and potentially upset uh, Nebraska in Ireland. Um, and there's obviously a couple other games to watch this week. You know, it's not oh, just hold the on, first hold, the, hold on. Real quick, real quick. Okay, like, sorry. I jumped the gun it, a little bit. I'm so no, excited no, for no, week no. zero that I jumped the gun. Yeah, I know. Me too. If Northwestern beats Nebraska. It's the beginning the of the Scott, end for Frost. It's got to be. Well, we said that last year. Yeah. So but I think, well, let, let's, let's think about why we think Scott Frost came back. Whoa, he was allowed to come back. Can they do any better? The the whole Jim Harbaugh taking the pay cut and then earning that back and taking his team to the playoff, I think served as proof that we can invest in coaches. We can give them a longer leash. It actually feels silly now sitting here to think that a year ago at this time, Jim Harbaugh was on the hot seat. Of course. That, that feels silly. That was probably reactionary by us. I think Nebraska is going to be a good player in name, image, and likeness. I think Scott Frost is a good coach to do that. So I don't know if I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that Scott Frost survives if they lose to Northwestern, but I just hope like Oklahoma, Nebraska is going to get some chances this year. Yeah. I, I think they can beat Oklahoma and Lincoln. I just, I just hope that, you know, if this does not go well for Nebraska, Yes, it probably is the beginning of the end, but let's at least give Scott Frost a chance to get through the season. Because right. again, this is week zero. We're in Ireland. This is strange all around. I don't know. No, you're right. Look, if, if they hypothetically lose to no- Northwestern this weekend, but then win seven straight and are sitting seven and one through their first eight games, then obviously who cares that they lost to Northwestern in the right. first week of the season? Because Scott Frost is going to be back regardless because they won seven games and they've clinched a bowl game at least. And they still have obviously games to go. And they're going to have opportunities. Obviously, that big one against Oklahoma is one that people mm-hmm. have circled. But it definitely is not a first step in the right direction no. for Frost no. in a year that he has to win in. And I think that's the big thing because we talked about how Nebraska last year, they needed to beat well, we thought they needed to beat Illinois simply because they had to take that right step and get some positive momentum moving forward because they hadn't had any of the years before. So if they aren't able to get any positive momentum at all heading into their week two game or heading into their what would be their week one game, their second game of the season, then that's bad news because then you have a team that just could potentially be lacking confidence and it could snowball into the following weeks. And that's not not obviously what you want for Scott Frost and the Huskers in a year that like we've been saying, he has to win or he's more than likely not going to be the coach next year. Yeah. Does Casey Thompson pass pass the first test? Does the defense not allow anything to a horrible, uh, not horrible, a Northwestern offense that was horrible in 2021 probably won't be much better in 2022. And then does Nebraska get its special teams issues corrected? Because that seemed to lose them almost every game they did lose last year. We'll talk more week zero right after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's now move on to some other games to watch. Florida State, Duquesne at 5 p.m. How much pressure on Mike Norvell? That's something to look forward to. For Florida State, this is obviously, as you know, this is just a tune-up game. Of course. They're going to get LSU next week. Interesting point to think about. Second year in a row, LSU's week one opponent had a week zero tune-up. UCLA got yeah. to pummel, I believe it was Hawaii, Hawaii. last year in week zero, and then beat LSU. For your, If you're Florida State, you're playing two quarters with your, uh, one half with your starters. Everyone's getting out healthy. You build some confidence for next week. You get your freshmen a lot of experience. They've got two really talented freshman defensive backs who I think they really like. And, and you get them enough playing time on Saturday to where you can throw them at Kayshawn Boutte next Sunday and feel good about it. You also have Hawaii and Vandy at 1030 and Yukon and Yukon, uh, Utah State, excuse me, at 4 p.m. And that's interesting simply because Timmy Chang and Jim Mora make their debuts for Hawaii and Yukon. Trey, besides those games, though, are there any others that pique your interest? Are there any others that you're really looking forward to watching in what's, I would say, a relatively light week zero slate outside of that big Nebraska Northwestern game? Well, it's always light, Lance. Well, yeah, you know, Six but sometimes ago, once in a while no, there are no, some, no, you no. know, wow games that, that, you know, could make an impact. Yeah, in 2019, Florida, Miami. But a few years before that, it was like, oh, great. Cal versus Hawaii tonight. Um, well, Hawaii is in every year. If you remember, Hawaii, yeah, I think, no, is playing the, week zero in every year. Good point. Vanderbilt obviously has to win that game. Uh, the win total is two. So let's let's do that, Vandy. I'm excited about the Illinois-Wyoming game because I sort of like watching this Illinois team play football. They're breaking in a new quarterback, Tommy DeVito. Jersey Wyoming guy. loses. Yeah, Wyoming lost a lot <laughs> from the transfer portal, including its quarterback and its star receiver. Another game to keep an eye on. Not that everyone's going to be watching this, but what 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 happens with the quarterback battle at North Carolina? They play, I believe, uh, Florida A and M on Saturday evening in Chapel Hill. I'm positive that both Drake May and Jacoby Criswell will both play. There's no reason for them to not both play, but eventually Mac Brown's going to have to pick one. In the past, Mac Brown has not always been the quickest to pick a quarterback, and he's even done the thing where you give one guy two series, the next guy at one. One guy two, the next guy one. Will he do that against Florida A&M or will he ride somebody for the entire half? I don't know who the fan base wants. If you're North Carolina, you're probably hoping that Drake May, the former five-star, is ready to play at this point in his second year in the program because you've got a lot of talent around you. And the window right now is here for North Carolina. Let me, let me ask you something real quick. Uh, and this is obviously a different situation than, let's say, Scott Frost at Nebraska. But is there pressure on Mac Brown if they don't win this game, you know, by a, really in a landslide? Because obviously there was a lot of talent last year and there were a lot of expectations last year with Sam Howell. And they clearly didn't meet those expectations and then fell in the Mayo Bowl, Duke's Mayo Bowl, yeah. uh, to South Carolina. 
So is there, is there pressure on Mac Brown to really get it going in the right direction this season? I think Mac Brown is a made man in Chapel Hill, and I don't think he would ever get fired here. I think he would just get to uh, be allowed to, to retire uh, gracefully. That's a good question. I, I think a lot of things happened so fast for North Carolina that we sort of lost sight of the rebuild that Mac had on his hands after the, uh, the, the Fedora era. You know, you, you, get, you get Sam Howell in year one. He recruited Sam Howell. I mean, Mac Brown, the first thing he did at UNC was flip him from Florida State. He almost beat Clemson in 2019. In 2020, you go to the Orange Bowl. And so last year, all offseason, we were saying, here we go, maybe a playoff team. It didn't go that way at all. It was bad from the jump. It was bad from week one. They lost at Virginia Tech. Neither lines of scrimmage were good. And now you've got this weird thing, though, where the recruiting classes that you've been able to, to reel in on the heels of the success that you've had the last few years, those recruiting classes are not only on campus, they're old enough now to play major roles. Problem is one of the reasons you had so much success the last few years, Sam Howe, he's gone. So why, when, I, when I say they need Drake May to be playing at his five-star pedigree, it's a redshirt freshman, he has the chops to do it. And if he can be, if he, if he can reach his ceiling here, maybe this year and, and next, North Carolina can absolutely get right back into ACC contention. If that does not happen, I cannot see Mac Brown wanting to do, if, if they won seven games last year, it might have been eight, please correct me. I think it was seven. If they won seven games in 2021, if they have another bad season in 2022, and then another bad season in 2023, I don't think Mac Brown signed up to get back into coaching for that. Yeah. And again, like I mentioned, obviously different types of pressure between Mac Brown and Scott Frost, but I think pressure nonetheless on North Carolina's uh, head football coach. So Trey, I mentioned away from week zero now, you know, I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're going to also take a look at the big picture of the 2022 season. And with that, I want to make a few long-term predictions that we can look back on at the end of the year and see what we got right and ultimately what we got wrong. So you can go first. What are your predictions for the four college football playoff teams once the regular season comes to an end? All right. This is college football. This is this is going to be great television, but this is probably college football as a whole. The whole is this good for the game. It's their worst nightmare. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. Chalk. Nothing but chalk. Three conferences represented. Okay. The SEC gets two in. Georgia and Clemson are neighbor states. So that whole part of the country is invested. And then you've got Ohio State. They're invested. West Coast says, okay, we'll watch, you know, something else. Big 12 country says, we'll watch, but we don't have anyone here for another year. And then you, uh, the Northeast is is, is wondering uh, how the hot stove's going uh, <laughs> for, a re- for a rebuilding Yankees team. So this is, this, is, this is only going to increase the cries a year after they got a G5 team in. This is only going to increase the cries of the expanded playoff, which obviously we will get uh, in the next few years during the next media rights negotiations. A great playoff on paper, though, right, Lance? Absolutely. Look, absolutely. A uh, great playoff on paper. Uh, obviously, teams that have won national champions, uh, national championships in the playoff era. I'm gonna go a little bit. Okay. What's yours? What's yours? Off the cuff from you. So what we're three. We, we've matched three of our teams so far: Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. But for my fourth team, I'm gonna go with your NC State Wolfpack. I'm gonna oh. go with the Wolfpack. I'm going to go with the Wolfpack. I, I'm high right. on the Wolfpack this year. I, f- first and foremost, Ohio State, I think, is going to go undefeated. Georgia and Alabama mm-hmm. are more than likely going to meet in the SEC title game, both undefeated. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins is probably going to get the one seed. Whoever loses is mm-hmm. going to get the three seed. Okay, they're all three going to get in. I'm very high on Devin Leary. So, uh, I'm very yeah. high on Devin Leary. One, because he's a Jersey guy. I got to root for my Jersey guys. But I also, know. I think he's the best quarterback in the ACC. I am not as high 
or if anyone's even you know high on on DJ Uyangalale uh, going into the season, it wouldn't shock me. I'm if sort of high on. I'm sort of high on him. Well, it wouldn't shock him. me if at some point this season, you know, if his struggles continue. Kate Klubnick becomes the starter, a la Kelly Bryant, Trevor Lawrence. And while NC State plays Clemson on the road, mm-hmm. I'm confident that NC State can go to Clemson and win. And I know not a lot of people do that, but I'm confident that this NC State team can. And, and otherwise, I don't think their ACC schedule is that tough. I think they have a tough first game against East Carolina in a rivalry game that obviously you never want to start the season out with. But if they get past that, which I'm confident that they will, they can beat Clemson in South Carolina. And if they do that, I I see them pretty much running the table the rest of the way, getting to the ACC title game. Maybe they meet up with Miami in that ACC title game, and we'll see what happens there. But I'm going to go a little outside the box and go NC State as my fourth team. NC State's gotten so much love this offseason that someone in the office, you're looking at them, you're looking at them. Blake Brockermeyer, too. We were all in the office last week in Nashville, and someone was like, my sleeper team is NC State. I was like, they're not allowed to be a sleeper team anymore. My, my one problem is, look, Lance, you're running through the schedule. You're like, ah, oh, they can, you know, go at Louisville. You know, you, if you're a playoff team, you're a playoff team because you're a playoff team on paper. You're not a playoff team because of your schedule. NC State has these components. Bring them a lot back on defense. Got a good receiver. Got Devin Leary. But I think, the helps program's play, life, I think it helps they, being a playoff team when you have a favorable schedule. Like favorable the game of the program's life is at Clemson on October 1st. That's the game of the year for them. I think think they can do that. I think they can go to Clemson. In other years, I'd say no way they're going to Clemson and winning, but I think they can go to Clemson and win. And if they do that, I think they'll be undefeated going into it. I think they'll run the table after it if they beat Clemson. I think they'll have so much momentum with it. And again, I think Devin Devin Lear is the best quarterback in the ACC. If that happens, I'm confident NC State runs the table, play Miami in the ACC title game, beat Miami in the ACC title game. NC State's headed to the playoff. That's the prediction right there. Mark it down. Mark it down. I, I guess the concern with NC State is you couldn't run the ball very well last year despite two really good running backs and a top 10 left tackle now you lose all all of those people uh you didn't hit the portal for for an offensive lineman thought they needed to your running backs are not proven at all so we'll see the the reason i would go clemson out of the acc uh and it would be good for college football by the way for nc state to get in Uh, but the reason i would go clemson is best defense in college football They'll figure it out at quarterback. DJU doesn't need to be Bryce Young if he can be Stetson Bennett, which means really limiting turnovers and not making boneheaded decisions and just handing it off to a, a really good stable of running backs. They'll be fine. And let's end it on this one. I think we can both agree. Correct me if I'm wrong. Alabama national title. Yeah, I almost got sucked into the Ohio State title hype this offseason. I get it. I I would be inclined to do it because it's fun to save somebody else. But I just don't see... Bryce Young having two years as a starting quarterback and not winning the national title. You look at Ohio State, Alabama on paper. I mean, Ohio State's going to be able to throw the football because anyone can throw Ohio State can throw the football on anybody. But it has the defense proven. Lance, I mean, like we're well, Ohio we'll State might go into defense, but we don't we'll know see. about that. It's a, we. It could be a good defense. It could be a great defense. It could also be a below average defense. Yeah. Look, so I, will, I, will. I go Bama. I go Bama. Uh, a lot of great matchups, though. I mean, this would be awesome for college football. This would be way better than that 2020 game. You yep. got Will Anderson I agree with you there. Yep. against two two good Ohio State tackles, including um, Paris Johnson. You got Travion Henderson. You got Jameer Gibbs. You got some good receiver. I, I'm going Bama, though. Uh, Nick Saban, does he retire if he wins one? Million dollar question, Trey. That's the million dollar question. Although he so, signed no, an extension. No, it's more than a million. That's a, well, it's that's it's a, a you a, know what I mean. Fit, he signed that's he signed a an extension. Million dollar ESPN you know agreement. I mean. You know, it's all about the phrase. But I will say this. I will, will and we'll end it on this. If they do meet, if it's Alabama one, let's say NC State four, 
Georgia three, Ohio State two. Ohio State and Alabama mean the national title game. I do think that this national title game will be better than the one a couple seasons ago because I think Ohio State this year will be better than they were a couple seasons ago. I'm picking Alabama as well. And I think the majority of people are. The majority of people think the Tide are going to bounce back from last year and Bryce Young is going to get his national title and Nick Saban is going to get another one uh, to put on his mantle. Ohio State in 2020 played five games yeah. Justin Fields. It was a short season when they met when they met in the title game. Almost lost. That game would have been even worse, even worse if Devontae Smith didn't get hurt at half. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. Alabama is our pick to win the national title. Both of our picks to win the national mm-hmm. title. Our college football playoff prediction is a little bit different, uh, but nonetheless, we are in for an exciting college football season this year, and we're in for an exciting week zero uh, this Saturday. Obviously, some big games, as we mentioned before, and of course, still more storylines ahead as the games come closer and closer. You can follow him on Twitter at Scott 247 Man, I always appreciate you taking the time out of your extremely busy days to come on the College Football Daily Tray. Really, I, I can't say thank you enough for for coming on and giving me some time. Are you, you're pandering. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> no, it's a Sunday afternoon. I got nothing else to do. Well, remember to like, call. remember to like and subscribe to the 24/7 Sports YouTube channel, and make sure to give the College Football Daily a five-star rating and a review. So for Trey Scott, I am Lance Glenn. Enjoy the lead-up to Saturday, and enjoy the return of actual games. Thanks so much for listening. Producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.